Me and my friend take his fat trip to you. Episode 245. Oh, shit. Episode 245, Serious Rap Shit Podcast. I'm John, your host. I'm Josh, your other host. And yeah, excuse my voice, y'all. I'm a little sick, as you can probably tell. (laughs) I sound like somebody ripped my throat out (laughs) in Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Like a nigga says, come here. (laughs) Get over here. Tore my fucking throat (laughs) out. But nah, what's going on, Josh? Ain't shit, man. Same shit, different day, bro. Um, maintaining. Uh, you know, really ain't been doing a whole hell of a lot since the last time we recorded. Just working. Like, you know, I had to take my daughter back to school. Doing that kind of shit. Doing, like, mm-hmm. real life shit. Um, yeah. You know, uh, worked on, you know, working on a few different projects me and you and then there's a whole other thing that I, i'm i've been doing some research on that you know what i mean i'm, I'm excited about and you yeah. know besides that i really I, I am i'm hitting up new york next week it'll be nice to hit up you know what i mean for folks who don't know i've been riding dirty for like nine months so like my <laughs> wheel is finally like legal again so it's i'm like gonna be hitting the road and trying to do some shit yeah like i was really wilding for a minute there um but yeah, so like I, I'm I'm gonna hit up New York next week, uh, and because I want to check out something that you and your partner actually got a chance to look at, um, mm-hmm. and that's the the Jay Z um, decoded or like whatever it's called, the Jay Z um, exhibit, the Book of Hove, the Book yeah. of Hove. That's what it's called, yeah, at the Brooklyn uh, Library. Yes, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit was crazy, yo. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, um, say what you will about Hove, you know what I mean. Obviously, his impact uh, is, I I would argue, unparalleled in yeah. rap. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, you know, we pulled up, you know, hopped out and shit. The line was crazy. It was down the block. And once we got to the building, they just had his lyrics just on the wall. You know what I mean? It was it was ill. It was real ill. It, you know what's really dope about that kind of shit is when we were growing up, that was reserved for the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or yeah. somebody like Maybe. that. Yeah. Even when we were kids, they wasn't doing it on that nah. scale. Nothing that I could have. I ain't never seen no library with a nigga Covered song in, lyrics. Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wrapped around the whole building. I never seen that shit. Nah. So, like, what's really dope about shit like that is seeing this, is seeing hip hop be like, and that's one of the things that's beautiful about the um the 50th anniversary or whatever like it's just seeing like um hip-hop showered with this kind of love and seeing jay-z you know like you said i I, honestly man as far as like music culture fashion all of it i don't think there's anybody who's touched the levels of uh of jay-z to be honest oh hove had niggas in the club wearing like 6x fucking pinstripe button yeah. ups <laughs> See, and Reeboks cause, cause he had the S. Dot Carter line like what nobody wear Reeboks, Reeboks. no more <laughs> some big jeans yeah. and a nut ass fucking candy striper button up Yeah, niggas was in the club wearing the, and a fitted mm-hmm. <laughs> niggas was hot as shit in the club dancing and cause a hove cause he yeah. said it in one song Yeah, 
I don't wear jerseys. You know what I mean? Yeah. 30 plus. He said it in a song. I remember it used to be a store. Philly niggas know about this. It used to be a store called Top Man mm-hmm. like, at Broad Nolly. And niggas would go in there, get fresh. They had sneaks and shit. And I think it, it became a sneaker villa. And then it became That's like the snipes. other thing. Yeah, no, snipes. snipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snipes. So Top Man... They had like the fake. They had the Michelinesses. They had like the fake. They <laughs> yeah, had the yeah, Vaticans yeah. with like the fake jerseys and shit. Because it was the two thousands. It was the jersey wave. Everybody was on that. And I remember Hove said that in that song. And the next time I was at Broad Nolony, <laughs> they had yanked them throwbacks off of the uh, the mannequins and had them nut ass uh, rockerwear button ups. You know what I mean? So Hove, yeah, his his influence is unparalleled, really. Yeah, it it, it really he's at a he's a he's an artist who's impacted um, the culture on so many levels. Um, one of the few artists who could do like arena tours at one point. Like yeah. he's, I mean, he like. I don't think people f- truly understand how big the Jay-Z Rockefeller thing was if you did not, like, tr- if you wasn't really outside during yeah. that era. And we were what, our early 20s? 20s, yeah, yeah. So it was, like, the perfect time. Like, crazy. you know what I mean? It's a yeah, crazy the, era. And I didn't love everything that Rockefeller mm-hmm. up. I didn't love everything that Rockefeller did, but that energy was was bananas. Absolutely. And... and you're talking like, you know, ran the world for what five summers. Like Jay was, like, like it really was one of those things where it's like, oh, he's the first like. I wouldn't say he's the first like pop star. MC Hammer is probably the first pop star in hip hop. Yeah, as Old far as like, will argue like, uh, Run DMC. Yeah, I can see Run shit. DMC too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. Curtis Blow to a degree who had crossed yeah. over outside of hip hop. But yeah. I think like I mean you talk about like soundtracks for like the Adams the giant like Warner movies and shit like that. Hammer had all that shit. Hammer was that nigga, yo. Yeah. For real. Yeah. He was huge. And then, you know, you had like other but like for that for that late nineties, early two thousands, I mean, you ask anybody around that time, man, Jay was the biggest dude out. There was just yeah. nobody that touched him as far as like how big of a uh, of an artist he was, and he's and he's maintained a large majority of that like popularity throughout the years. Um, you know, shout out to him and the simple fact that like you know he's one of the fr- again like we've talked about this is like. You know, with in in regards to like artists like Nas and shit like that, like artists in their forties and like Jay's in his fifties of like releasing music and like changing that perspective of like and it's changing the perspective as a crossover artist. Because you know, shout out to like Master Ace. Master Ace has been releasing amazing music for a long time. Yeah, Ace that nigga. Yeah, but he's not like he's not the Jay Z level of pop you know, familiarity with like uh, a more mainstream audience. Yeah. Um, Jay I is I wonder that. which is harder. I genuinely wonder which is harder. Is it harder to be in that mainstream sphere and be older mm-hmm. when everything is based on youth? 
a yes. lot of times? Yes. Or is it harder when you're underground and independent and don't have the resources? Resources, yeah. And trying to do it into your fifties. I'm I'm just just curious. Yeah. Yeah, I I I, w- I don't know. I I really you're it's really interesting because like you said you're looking at somebody going from like you know Master Ace can just keep releasing music. He doesn't have like a he doesn't have a quote-unquote standard to try to live up to where like a very like more mainstream crossover artist you know He's got 20-year-olds. He's, like, competing. Like, Master Ace isn't competing with 20-year-olds if he's releasing music. But but what is smart would be for, like, like Nas does this. He's not, like, trying to make music that sounds young so he can cross over into, like, a younger market or anything like that. He's just making good music. Um, But, yeah, I want to check that out. I do really, really want to. You said they, like, rebuilt Baseline Studios in there, too, and all types of shit. Man, we walked in. They had the whole baseline. I thought I had a damn throwback <laughs> when I walked in that bitch. Because you see, like, the videos and shit. Like, we used to see the pictures and Double mm-hmm. XL and all that. They recreated the whole baseline. They had the uh, the mixing board. They had uh, MPC 60, I believe. They had, like, two Junos set up. That shit was like a studio. Like, I was yeah. looking around like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? They had a vinyl room with all of like Hove's records on vinyl. You could sit. They just had turntables all around the room, and you could just like sit with headphones and like listen to Hove records. Oh, wow! They had the old drum machines. Like that shit was crazy. That shit yeah, was I, really I can't crazy. Wait. I'm I'm making sure to make a stop to the yeah. to the book of Hove thing. That's there's like there's a few things that I have to do when I'm up there. That's one of them. I also want to hit over um, Jersey city because there's a, um, an exhibit there from our, our, a mutual friend of ours, the, uh, the artist, Sean Lugo, um, his uh, exhibit, uh, the corner is up and right over right across the bridge. So I'm going to try and check that out while I'm up yeah. there as well. Um, and uh, do a bunch of stuff, but yeah, I, I really want to. And I know you've been like, maybe that's why you might have a little cold just from simply just being out more. You've been able to be out more. You're DJing a lot more. Yeah, yeah. you know that's what I mean. Real. I fucking, uh, <laughs> I think I fucked my arm up a little because <laughs> I was DJing. Uh, it's a spot uh, called Milk Creek. Yes, not far from here, and you know it's like a, a record store slash cafe. Uh, but after hours, it's kind of like a speakeasy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They have DJs come in and, you know, the, the bartenders are making cocktails at the bar and shit. So I was DJing there and I had a couple boxes of 45s and I had a big fucking box of 12 inches. Mm-hmm. And at one point I like lifted that joint up to like put it in the car and I felt the, <laughs> a little <laughs> something in my, my left arm. And my shit, man, it's it's cool when I'm like chilling during the day. It's like I lay down at night, it and my aches. arm is just like, eh, I'm like, yo, what the fuck, man? But yeah, you know, this is getting aging, old, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, my shit was like, what the what the fuck are you doing? But yeah, that might have been it too. You know, I've been uh like you know like moving around a little bit more and Out in the world um, more. Yeah, like you said, DJing and shit. I I literally caught COVID the first time I DJed. After the pandemic started, you know what I mean? Because like for a while, you know, they locked everything down, Mm -hmm. wiped out my DJ calendar. I was like, okay, makes sense. And when they opened stuff up, 
I still wasn't DJing. Yeah. Like niggas was hitting me up like, yo, can you come play? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, absolutely not. When we were still like masking and roaming around, I was like, absolutely not. And I DJed at the Philadelphia Ethical Society for an event that they had. It was like a dance party uh, thing that they were doing. And literally, that was my first DJ gig in like the COVID era. And I caught Mm -hmm. COVID. (laughs) And mind you, it wasn't like, you know, a regular dance party where the DJ is on level with the floor. I was up on stage and masked up. And I still caught COVID. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you know. It could be that, I, but I yeah, clearly you hear how I sound. I sound, you know what I mean. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and, and you know, like just like just the change. Like first of all, folks who don't know, we're under like an extreme heat wave here on the East Coast. It's been like a hundred degrees almost every day, or if it's not a hundred on the thermometer, it feels that way because it's fucking ungodly humid everywhere yeah. too. Hot yeah, so like the changing temperatures of going in and out of like the cool air into the hot air into the cool air into the hot air too, that can happen too. So it could be like a, a multitude of factors, you know yeah. what I mean? Because it's mad cold in our apartment. Yeah, and then like as soon as you walk outside, is... you get smacked in the grill with heat. Yeah, it feels like, weird on your skin going from yeah. as cold as it is mm-hmm. in here as, to as hot as it's been outside. It's, it's strange. Because it's like a 40 degree difference, probably. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It, overall, it's probably about a 40 degree difference with the humidity. Like, I dude, yesterday I got in the car and it was re- it was actually too hot to touch my steering wheel. Wow. Like, the steering wheel was Jeez. so hot. I had to be like, okay, I'm steering with my leg for the, like, the first couple blocks until this thing starts to cool down. Because I didn't, like, precondition the car, like, cool it off. So I got outside and like I couldn't put my sunglasses on because they were too hot from sitting in like the cup holder, mm-hmm. and then like the steering wheel was literally too hot on top to touch. So it was it's been bad here. So there's there's that's probably that's more than likely, bro. That's might have what did it. Like the jumping in and out of like the hot and the cold air, like that change yeah. can like all that shit just messes with your body, and, you know. But it's cool. This is the coldest summer we're going to have for the rest of our lives. So, you know. <laughs> the thought of that gave me, like, so much dread. But you're probably correct. Yeah. Because they're, they're not interested in turning this shit around. Not a fucking they'd, little bit, yeah. They'd much rather hit protesters with fucking RICO charges. Yes. Than, than not pump poison into the air. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they've made their choice, the government. They're like, fuck yeah. y'all. We're going to be... Literally, these niggas, like, their, conten- their contingency plan is to poison all of this shit just to get a couple dollars and probably fucking build giant pods in the sky like the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know Dude, what I'm saying? We are... Like, I was watching something... This is going to be the depressing part of the podcast. I was literally watching something the other day, and they were just like, oh, no, we're past, like, preventative measures. Mm-hmm. Like we're at the point where it's like we have to like work at ways to just deal with the weather that like would to like work on ways to like adjusting to life at this yeah. point, not preventative. We we're past the point of prevention. Like we did that a long time ago. Dude, I remember we it's crazy defense man. at this point. 
Yeah, I remember when we were kids, the whole non-aerosol thing. Like, you know, don't use aerosol cans because it puts a hole in the ozone layer. Mm-hmm. There were I remember in elementary school, they were talking about saving the whales and all this environmental protection shit fucking 35 years ago. And like 35 years later, we're still like, yo, let's dig up some oil. Let's make more fucking, uh, let's make more uh, wells and shit. Let's dig and dig yeah. and dig. I, I don't get it, man. Yeah. Where is Wilding at this point. Um, I think we should get some news for the week. Um, did you see that uh, Diddy um, gave back the publishing rights to like a bunch of his older artists? Yes, I have heard that that's what he's doing. Whether yeah. or not he's or what, what he claims he's gonna do, whether or not he's actually doing it, I don't fucking know. And I saw a video <laughs> of like Mark Curry talking about it and saying, like, I don't want the rights, bro, I want the money. Like, I want the money you made off of these songs. Think about it. Mark Curry, he was on the song Bad Boy uh, for Mm -hmm. Life. How often do you hear that song now? You don't. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It'll be occasional. Occasionally, you'll hear it. He would have benefited from that publishing 25 years ago. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Whenever that record came out, 20 years ago, whatever it was. For, for especially for an artist like him, maybe like I, I, he mentions like a shine in the in the uh, in the video and says like you know who's you know like who's licensing Bad Boy for Life for you know what I mean like who's you know yeah. you're not gonna get that stuff like for an artist like Biggie like for his estate yeah those songs are gonna like those songs are gonna get licensed forever you know what I mean I literally just saw hypnotized in a beer commercial. Okay, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like in a beer commercial, you're gonna you're gonna have those songs. Like especially now with um, just like this summer, there was the Ninja Turtles movie, um, and the Transformers movie that used like '90s hip hop in the movie. Yeah. Um. So like we're getting to that age. I mean, you look at you know, we're filmmakers and we're gonna continue. Like, let's put it this way. 90s hip hop is gonna live long and and healthily in in projects that me and you make, <laughs> like you know what I mean. So bigger artists, budget, yeah. You know how quickly, <laughs> I'm throwing a Ram Squad record in a movie. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Exactly. So bigger artists, like this, is important for it. like a locks even like you know what I mean. Although I don't know how much what they had on. Bad boy at the time is ever gonna get used. If you um, think I'm jiggy. Yeah, I don't know how much if you think I'm jiggy's getting used in a in a movie. But apparently he gave their like he's giving all these rights back. He's giving all the publishing rights back. But like, yeah, I get where Mark Harry's coming from. Like you said, like he could have used that money twenty five years ago. I don't know how much that money like does I don't you know what that publishing does for him now. Um although we are moving to the you know, as as sad as it is to admit, you know, classic rock stations are playing rock music from our childhood. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't listen to the radio anymore. Um, so I, I'm assuming there is probably a station that plays like classic hip hop, quote unquote. You know what I yeah. mean? I'm sure like the satellite radio stations do. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like an 80 station, a 90 station, all that kind of shit. So stuff will get played. But oh, in the long run, I mean, we also know what publishing is for artists a lot of times. So like maybe a $400 check or something like that isn't really going to do much, but yeah. Yeah. You know, who knows what it looks like, uh, 
in the streaming era. Yes, you know absolutely. What I'm saying like, yeah, who knows? What are those, yeah, what what is that worth for streaming? Like nothing. Like we know what streaming pays. So, yeah. I don't I don't blame Mark Harley for like stepping out and saying something. Uh, me and you have criticized Puffy in the past. <laughs> yeah, my man said, "Fuck that." <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Fuck that." I want the money, man. Yeah, and I don't blame him. Like being you, like we said, like you know, we've criticized that shit in the past because it's just like, hey man, like why continue the same shady practices that white fucking record, record labels did? Like that was the whole, like the whole point is to not continue like shitty business practices. Like you know, you, you would think that like you would want to help people out and you would want to look out for your people, but you know, in the end, a lot of these dudes is just flat out capitalists. We live in a capitalist society, so yeah. you know what I mean. Fuck, nah. Um, uh, real quick, hold on. I want to bring up the other topic. Um, oh, yes. This is interesting. So, apparently, there's some kind of TikTok artist or something like that who created a um, AI version of a Drake and The Weeknd song. Yeah. That has been submitted, not nominated, which mm-hmm. is a huge difference. Absolutely. Um, has been submitted to the Grammys for consideration. Mm-hmm. First, I've heard the song. I heard uh, I I like I would the article I was reading about this song had like the link for the song, yeah. so I listened to it. It's extremely like it sounds like <laughs> somebody you know. It seems like a very average song. Like you know what I mean. Nothing special. The beat's not like amazing or anything, and. The AI generated uh, lyrics or AI generated voices. I don't know. The lyrics were probably written by somebody, but like it's really generic and kind of shitty. Like, yeah. I so I don't think this song is gonna be nominated for anything. But I do have like legitimate questions. Like, how is this legal? Yeah, because I I think that um, and you know a lot of other people have been talking about this this is an an original thought on my part but we're getting to a point where you know us as human beings have to ask ourselves is music art uh journalism literature is that content or is that creativity yes you know what i'm saying we've been uh so conditioned over the the last few years to regard creative endeavors as just content. Yeah. Oh, you know, I can I can look at an image and or you know, I can uh hear a song or whatever and it doesn't have to have any real meaning as far as uh its connection to, to genuine human expression. Mm-hmm. So now we're at a crossroads where art can be artificially generated by human beings as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, a motherfucker physically painting or thing or, or sitting out and making a beat or whatever. So now we're going to have to ask ourselves as a society, do we really value human creativity? Mm-hmm. And if we do, and if the Grammys, which I don't know, you know, I'm in the Academy, but the Academy got a bunch of shit with it. So, you know, the Grammys is going to have to ask itself as an institution. Yeah, and a, lo- and a lot of us are going to have to ask ourselves, what do we value out of music? Is it that it's human expression or that it's just sounds? 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? What's the difference between this and, you know, I don't know, the sound of a, a fucking rock falling out of a tree? You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. So I think that's like the central question here. You know what I'm saying? And I'm curious as to see how it's going to work. I could tell you this. If labels with the money were really behind this, if it wasn't just, you know, a kid playing around with a program or people playing around with programs, if labels look at the situation with uh, the studios and film and television, Mm -hmm. they want to cut costs and maximize profits by using AI. And striking is the only thing that stopped them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no other yeah. regulatory body that's coming in that's going to say, nah, don't do that. If the labels really wanted this, and if the people with the money really wanted this shit, I think the Grammys would acquiesce. I think oh, the yeah. Grammys, I think the Grammys would be, oh, yeah, yeah, AI, Drake songs, you know what I'm saying, whatever. So I I think that, you know, that's just a, a question that we're going to have to answer as a society. This being a capitalist society, I'm not optimistic about what the answer is going to be. You know? No. So, a thousand percent. I agree with you a thousand percent. I think AI can be a tool that can be used to create amazing things. There's an AI artist that I follow on. He's an Indian artist. And he makes these amazing AI uh, like generated pictures that he posts and but like it's all done because he's he's an artist and he's using AI as a tool to create art. Yeah. AI can be a tool that we can use. We use it every day. I mean, you know, we talked about this. Like if you use Siri or like whatever voice assistant in your phone, that's AI. Like it's artificial intelligence. Yeah. But the issue is like you said in a capitalist society, whatever record label Drake is on, I guess is Universal or it used to be Universal. He's he was on like C Y M C M B or whatever the fuck it was, mm-hmm. and they were all through Universal, I believe, at one point. I don't know what they are now because who the fuck knows? Yeah. But if Universal was just like, oh, we can make money off of AI Drake and and the Weekend songs and not have to pay them to do that, yeah. fuck it, we'll make it, we'll do it, like. It, you can't allow these things to be go to go unchecked in a unfettered capitalist society that literally has only interest in profits. Like you have to, you have there has to be some regulation. There has to be something done, and it has to be something done soon because of the way AI advances and moves forward. The problem is we have thousand year olds in our goddamn government. <laughs> who, you know, their brains malfunction while they're standing there supposed to be giving speeches. So, like, those people are not the people who need to be handling tech. I mean, we watched that when they did, like, the the social media things, when they had, like, the the Twitter CEO and and what's-his-face from Facebook and all these people. and Yeah, yeah, Zuckerberg, and they had these people up there to talk to him, and the one guy's asking the guy from Twitter about shit from Facebook. And you're like, that I don't handle that, sir. And he's like... Well, what do you? I know that on Facebook it says it. He's like, I listen, sir. I don't handle Facebook. <laughs> like, I don't have anything to do with that. And, and the guy just these, like, go ahead, uh, go ahead. Uh, not only are these people old and out of touch, they're stupid and greedy. 
Yes. <laughs> so the outcomes, you know, on a lot of this shit that we talk about, the outcomes look a little grim, you know? Yes, absolutely. A thousand percent. They're not, this isn't a situation where um, you're talking about somebody uh, like handling situations properly or doing things properly in any sense of the matter. These companies don't give a fuck. They just want your money. They don't care. None of them care. The only thing that uh, that I think would stop a lot of this stuff, you know, labels might step in and be like, wait, we own Drake. Own in yes. quotations. You know what I'm saying? That might be... Yeah, you, you literally know. may be redu- we may be reduced to like the capital owners being like, no, 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 <laughs> like we're yeah. the ones who are supposed to be making money off this. Not I think it can go either way. Yes, absolutely. I, 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 I do think it is. I think it's very dangerous. I don't understand how like legally you can use somebody's voice without their consent to make a product, but it's probably just simply because legally we haven't caught up in any way yeah. for the ai like you know we're so far behind in, in even like understanding streaming in a lot of ways and how that pays out and all that kind of shit let alone you know what i mean dealing now with artificial intelligence you know what i mean yeah. um you know we're still worried about fucking getting dinosaur juice out of the ground because that's Jesus. how far behind we are yeah. um but yeah I, I was really interested when i saw that i did see some folks uh, mentioned like oh it got nominated it got nominated it did not get nominated it was submitted which mm-hmm. means like it's allowed to be nominated um but i think anybody can submit anything like you know what i mean me and you could like go get a microphone fart on it for an hour and be like yo here's our submission for the grammys like i don't yeah. necessarily think it's it, it, can, it will be picked but it'll be interesting and i will be i will be interested because it's not going to be it's the first and it's definitely not going to be the last one that's going to happen Oh no. This is definitely the beginning of, of yes. the box opening up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we could get to new music. Did you listen to anything new for the week? Yeah, I've been rocking with this album. The group is called Raw Poetic. Okay. And it's Raw Poetic featuring Damu the Fudge Monk, who's a real dope uh DJ and producer. Mm-hmm. And the album is called A Way Back In. This record is gorgeous. It's like jazzy. It gives me. Um, I'm not gonna compare them to like Tribe or no shit like that. Mm-hmm. It gives me like some seriously soulful, like jazzy vibes to it. Uh, raw poetic. Uh, Jason Moore is is the MC, and my man is like crazy on the mic. It's it's just such a warm beautiful uh rich record you know what i'm saying like i i loved uh a few of the records that they've made in in over the past few years and yeah it's just a, a dope uh record if you if you love hip-hop that has like that jazz feel to it i think you would you would really rock with this but yeah a way back in raw poetic featuring damu the fudge monk dope fucking record and damu's like one of my favorite producers yeah, he, he's a super dope producer. He's super L. Dope He's producer. real fucking hell. I, I want to check that out because that literally sounds like something me and you would have been like trading as like an underground tape when we were in high school. Yeah, it has that <laughs> like, energy. Like uh, like a group like All Natural that was out back in the day, it kind of puts me in that same kind of mind state. Yeah, that, that definitely, I, I'm definitely going to check that out because that sounds like some shit 
I would really, really be into. Um, I checked out uh, an artist from the UK. You know, keeping up Naturally. with the bit, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? At this point, what's the point of breaking the bit? Um, but no, a super dope artist out of the UK. His name is The Fly Hooligan. Uh, it's two Y's, F-L-Y-Y. Mm-hmm. The Fly Hooligan. He's done music with a lot of artists that you... Uh, whatever, like you would, rem- you know of, of like you know, he's done stuff with like Westside Gun and them. Like he, he's, it's that kind of flavor. Uh, but this new album, Foma, uh, F O M A, um, it's like fun day, fun foundational something music arts or something like that. I think that's what mm-hmm. it's supposed to stand for. Um, but like crazy great record, yo. Mm-hmm. Um, Cold Sphere. Uh, God Skull, Gold Skulls of Cairo, like really dope, like, um, like lyrical rap, quote unquote, you know what I mean? But then has a jaunt that's a jaunt called Vibe. Um, the whole art, the whole album is produced by, um, Kong the Artisan. Um, and it's a really dope record. This sounds kind of like dance too. Like, um, like I said, the joint, the, uh, the joint vibe is very much like an Afro beach record. Um, While like Cold Sphere, Gold Skulls, those are like very much like hard body joints. Um, Then he has a joint called, um, where's it? Oh shit, just dropped my phone. Fuck it. Um, uh, He has a song for his son. You know, it gets a little questionable with the, you know, the men's rights. uh, Oh shit. (laughs) With the men's rights stuff. Not like, nothing over the top. More like just that like straight like, shit we're used to of like 90s hip-hop where it's like the dude talking about like the baby mom is a pain in his ass type thing gotcha it's a lot of that wave you know what i mean nothing like you know women should be in the kitchen barefoot like nothing like that (laughs) you know what i mean um he's not steven crowder out here like that (laughs) but it's very much like that familiar lens of like yeah you know your mom don't let me see you like she should and that type of shit Yeah, yeah yeah Which, hey, maybe that's a legitimate, in this circumstance, a legitimate thing. Maybe, like, he's not allowed to see his son like he wants to. But, like, yes, it's happened. So, um, but uh, I really think it's a stellar record, yo. It's a super dope, vibey record. It has, um, production is, like, super solid and, like, I don't. I, when I say all over the place, I mean it in a very like um, positive lane of like it's like there's produ- there's all different types of production on the album. It's not like a um, a one sound. You, like when you go into it, it's not like one sound complete. Like you yeah. know what I mean. It, it's different sounds. It sounds really lush and um, it sounds like a full um, album. Like when you're listening to it in headphones, it doesn't sound like uh, weak. It sounds really strong. Um, I, I think it's a dope record. Foma, uh, I think folks should check it out. The Fly Hooligan, really, 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 really good. Yeah. Um, besides that, I think we can start wrapping up. Uh, you can find us at Serious Rap Shit on Instagram and Twitter. You can find John at John underscore Liberator on Instagram and Twitter. I am JL underscore CCM on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and you can find our our Vivo page, Serious Rap Shit Vivo, on YouTube. Um, make sure you like and subscribe. We are over a million 
uh, views on that channel, which is so fucking amazing. Um, nice. I think it's like less than two years where we're at like a fucking million views on that channel, which is just utterly amazing. Um, there's new stuff going up all the time. There's exclusive stuff there. So make sure you like and subscribe. That's That, that would be huge for us. Uh, make sure you uh, um, rate and review us um, right in the app. In almost anything that you, you listen to it on, you can rate and review us right in the app. It really, really, really helps. Um, besides that, we'll be back again soon. Peace. Peace. Me and my friend take his fat, 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 f